Hey everyone, welcome again for another uh, podcast session with myself, Chris Wall and Ricky Stoddart. As always, buddy, how are you doing? All right. Uh, nice weather today at last. Yeah, proper summer weather <laughs> now, isn't it? Jackpot. Yeah. Glad to put my shorts on today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, makes a break from the absolutely scorchio weather yeah, we've had recently. A bit, a bit intense, hasn't it, to yeah. say the least? Yeah, it makes it uh, interesting in the, uh, in the polytunnels when it's 35 mm. degrees outside. Yeah. I can't remember seeing you there on the Mott days though, Chris. Can't lie. That's a bit below the belt. I'll <laughs> <laughs> move on from that. Uh, so this this week's uh, topic was fueled by like a a passing comment that I saw on some of the the, the forums on uh, Facebook this mm-hmm. week, uh, and it went the 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 general remit of it was. Um, how acceptable demerits are with Koi, and at what point do you compromise a demerit? What you know, what impact does a particular demerit have on the price of a fish? Mm. Uh, easy at the be or an end or and and it really sort of highlighted to me being on the other side of the industry, not as a hobby, you know, not as an end user, if you will. Uh, how irrelevant things like that are to me but how they are the be all and end all to others do we need to like put one of them warnings out now that there might be bad language <laughs> involved here well i think uh certainly got we've me. got this a new is, beeping this is, this is one of my favorites we've got a new beeping system so uh, mm. yeah we'll probably be hearing quite a lot of that but uh mm. yeah it, it really whenever i have this sort of conversation or Whenever we're looking at a particular fish, as someone highlight, that's the first thing that they go to. You know, yes. the fish could be absolutely banging, but the first thing they say is, "Yeah, drives me potty." Yeah, I know. It's backwards koi appreciation. Mm. Never forget, and he'll probably listen to this. Uh, we did that video with Alan Tate, and he come out with that liner, and it should be imprinted yeah. in everywhere. <laughs> It's koi appreciation, not koi assassination. Yeah, yeah. It's like a one-liner that absolutely summed it up. It's, it's perfect. Koi assassination is the, the sort of route most people go with first. Mm. And I think this is what, again, it causes a lot of issues and frustrations in, in the hobby for people because what happens is when you go in with koi assassination, you're looking for perfection all the time or what's deemed perfection. I don't know who writes the rules that... that you know, sort of says that's supposed to be mm. perfect, but all of a sudden it, it leads you down a path where, if we're talking, obviously looking at this from a perspective of purchasing new koi, makes your life very, very hard. Yeah. And what it actually does as well, I think we, we're talking more than about elements of the assassination side comes to pattern-based elements, in my opinion. It's not like people start assassinating it's getting nitty gritty uh, into the small bits and, and that's where so much value is lumped in pattern. I can't remember where we said it, where we've been talking, but the fact is Japan, certain breeders, lineages produce so much quality. If we take Hoshkin just comes to mind. Hoshkin Koak, you know, there's so many that have superb bodies. They've all got the genetics to, to, to grow it. That's his, to grow, it's his lineage to get big. A lot of them have superb body shapes and great, great skin quality. It's inherent within his bloodline. What's the differentiating factor that bumps up the value tremendously? It's the pattern. Always. I mean, you know, when we start getting to the point where 
yeah, that pan's ticking all the boxes and there are no demerits. We're, we're getting into hefty money. We're mm. getting into the realms of fish that are unfortunately out of the reach for, for most people. And even, even at the highest of levels, if you want to, you can find a demerit or something to, to critique. There's very, very few fish in the world that get away with that. Mm. But I think, you know, taking the, the sort of Japanese approach to this where it's appreciation first is the route to real success and, and ultimate enjoyment in this hobby. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely echo what you're saying, but most most markets here's the the disconnect with the the koi industry and the the end user if you will Mm. say like you're into cars you automatically know that if you're shopping at ferrari you're up there in terms of you know your 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 price point it's not too dissimilar in every industry you're going to hit different price points Mm -hmm. based on the manufacturer in this case we're talking about the breeder yep what, why why doesn't that filter down so much with with hobbyists not not all hobbyists and i know there's a lot of people that'll be listening to this game no that's not true that's not how i look at it but generally speaking you and i speak to a really big cross section mm. across the industry mm. and the general consensus is that that mindset that the breeder produces a fish with xyz criteria mm. prices it at this point why doesn't that filter down to the end user because in other industries it does. I'd suppose because there's not really the, the benchmarks and standardization of stuff. You talk about cars, cars have price lists. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to gauge a metric because there's a price list based on X, Y, and Z specification. To the subjectivity of it, there's, sort of thing. There's not that in our. I mean, let's face it, you've, I've seen it with breeders myself. You, you, they're in autumn. You go one day, literally, the last time I was there, this happened. You go one day, you look at a fish, you get a price, you walk away from it, you go back the next, because all of a sudden you've decided you want it, or a customer (laughs) wants it, the price has changed. You know, it's all emotions and feelings and the weather, and it's just bizarre. It's it's a fucked up world, really. But that's that's what we're dealing with. So I think that's confusing because it's hard then for for anybody to really get a gist and an understanding mm. of where somebody's going to pitch a price. Yeah, there does seem to be a bit of a baseline in Japan, but I think it takes a lot of following, a lot of experience of being there to fully understand what that baseline is, and then when you're at the likes of uh, Dainichi, for example. It's, you know, how far over that benchmark is it? So how much tax are you paying on top because it's a Danichi fish? Yeah, sure. Mm. Or, or actually, you know, is that good value compared to the benchmark given how much better quality the lineage is than than, than that? So it's, it's complicated. I do feel for people. Understanding it is, is a pain in the arse. That's why I think the best we can sort of do is, is educate on that. I think you said part of the problem is possibly misinformation. Yeah, sure. It's not filtering around. No one actually really ever talks about the price of koi and what makes up the price of koi. There's there's so much more to it. There's that price in Japan and the price, obviously, by the time it gets home, air freight, uh, everything else involved in that chain. It's complex. I think uh, it would be fair to say that as a, a nation, particularly in the koi industry, there's a lot of scepticism. Mm. With and it probably doesn't help that one day a fish is ten grand, and then at the end of the year, oh. it's it's fifteen hundred quid. Just had to go there, didn't you? 
but but this yeah, this is part it's, of it's the serious. picture, isn't that's, it? That's absolute. This is absolutely no one's escaping this. Mm. A lot there's a lot of dealers out there not doing the industry any justice by doing stupid shit like that. Mm. They're to blame. Whether that's initially that it's got a, a, a stupidly hyped up price. Uh, we don't know, we can't say because they don't know what's going off or whether it is just a genuine fact that they're buying stock wrong and need to clear it. It's, it's hard to know, but it's this is a minefield to negotiate, hands down. But yeah, that that one there, it's on the tip of my tongue. But it does get me pissed boy in a little bit. Yeah, here, there it is. I didn't think it, it coming five on, minutes without you saying new, that. Uh, yeah, new T-shirts <laughs> for that coming on soon, folks. Pre-orders um, at koitalk.com, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a real pain no in the backside for the that, industry that's, in that's general, one thing isn't because it? Because it has become yeah a standardised thing. We do yeah. know there's some, there are some shops that just decide it's end of season. They don't want any fish left in the system. Mm, they yeah, want yeah. them gone. That's that's fair play. That that happens. It's not that them fish are bumped up. It's that it's a genuine business decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear the decks. Get these gone. Uh, and and that's it but then there are other scenarios where it's hyped up and and that that i don't like Mm. at all and then there's there's also places where there are no prices on things and you genuinely they're known some of these people for quoting different prices you know depending on on who's walked in and the scenario and the rest of it but all this just feeds that skepticism you're right in people lack of trust and, and just this whole persona that it's yeah a bit gun-ho and people just do what they want but it's really not there's a lot of breeders in japan where it is stable you know i pretty much walk in from one year to now and i can know at certain farms exactly the number they're gonna throw out yeah, yeah yeah uh but then yeah you know when you move into that, the higher end you've got to understand it's like dealing with art it's the only thing i can compare it to I know naff all about that yeah. industry, but all I know is people just make a price up, stick it on it. So with with, with art, it's funny you should say that because I had a conversation a few, few years ago with a customer and he was saying, well, you know, the most expensive fish should be this, that and the other. I said, well, if you're applying that, then shouldn't, shouldn't uh, the hardest picture to paint be the most expensive one? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, where's the lot you know what i mean why is someone that just slaps a bit of paint on a thing but he's got a cool name yeah worth a million pounds but the guy that's yeah etched out a hand i know again this is different worlds Mm. you know what i mean Mm. um but what i'm getting at is uh or what i'm trying to get at should i say is it's the the criteria for pricing a fish difficult to follow for the best of us mm. so how does uh, a, a consumer make sense of that or, or is it just one of those grey sort yeah, of minefield areas you can't yeah just it's just experience too many really, variables really involved because yeah. there's so there's so many variables all you can do is obviously un- understand there that you know certain breeders you're going to expect to pay more money. That's that's always a given. You sort of like your big brands, all the rest of it. You might be looking in your eyes with some experience and going, well, that fish looks the same quality as that fish. One's from Dainichi, one's from Hoshkin. There we go. That Dainichi one's probably going to be at least fifty percent more expensive. Yeah, sure. 
you know, or a price. Yeah, at times I've looked and just think, that's bizarre. And what happens, I think the baseline constantly shifts as well, which is a problem because it's dictated on its supply and demand all the time. Yeah, sure. It's happened this year, you know. Would you just say that a, a Ginrin Karashigoi is a particularly valuable fish? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, no, as we talk about it, if we think Ginrin Karashigoi coming from Marase, yeah, to a penny. It's getting nobody's Attention. juices yeah, flowing. Yeah. You're thinking, yeah, run of the mill, that'd probably be, I don't know, as a tosai, I don't know, 30cm. Not an expensive fish yeah, at all. Yeah, fairly that. lanky, yeah. Yeah. Dainichi makes a Ginrin Karashigoi, the Yellow Monkey lineage, all branded up. Game on. It's the first year they do it, they introduce it into the auctions. It sets a new baseline, believe me. It was a high baseline. Mm. It was just insane trying to get hold of these things. And the prices they were commanding just blew it all. What what would be common sense for that variety blew it out of the water. Are they worth it? Looking at them, absolutely yes. But still, some people just say, that's a Ginring Karashigoi. If that's how you, you sort of determine that yeah, variety, yeah, yeah. then yeah, you won't to see you, value you're not going to yeah. see the value. I can. The things are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it has shifted the the benchmark to what you'd expect to pay for a Ginring Karashi. Almost overnight. Yeah. Then we we flip that again. That's Black Zeus. The oh, oh, not know what to call them really. Come on, real with Deutsch Ginring. So there was a lot of people out there who's probably just been sick in the mouth at that putting that combination <laughs> together. But you know, again, you're not looking at that thinking. Yeah, crazy price fish. It's a quarry mono. Because again, if you're a big Gosanki nut, you're not seeing yeah, yeah, value yeah. In, in the unusual and the weird and wonderful stuff. Different markets are. Asia does. Asia sees mass value in it. So Dainichi's produced these Black Zeus. It's all branded up. Don't get me wrong again. You, you know, you're looking in there and seeing sort of body traits and thinking, yeah, this is probably serious stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gone nuts for them. Again, getting all of them was just crazy. Well, I guess that's true of the whole sort of Dainichi Botan sort of project, really, wasn't it? The whole mm. concept of uh, there's a market for non Gosanki. Mm. I'm pretty good at yeah. breeding, uh, you know, introducing that sort of big Karashi mm. line and then trying to produce something that's a little bit wild. And mm. obviously, with his branding and his world notoriety. Yeah. But again, don't get me wrong, heaven. this is nothing new they've done. Yeah, Mario yeah, Hero has yeah. been knocking stuff out like yeah, this yeah, out yeah. for ages and making a nice job of it. I don't know what they've done, however, it's just knowing the Danichi mindset. The mindset is we like big fish. Yeah. We want to make <laughs> yeah, big yeah. fish. So whatever's in the creation there, yeah, I'm confident there's big genetics. I've seen it in the fish. Yeah. yeah now yeah. they've been performing, you know, this aren't come on real, we're not a fish. But if you actually think about it, come on real, Deutz and Ginrin. Well, not, nothing, nothing yeah. there screaming big yeah. in the slightest so all things considered the fact that seems to be where they're heading with it and what they're doing hats off there is value but again it's moved the benchmark it's moved the baseline so how do you value one of them they're absolute one-offs I think, I think when a, a, a guy or a farm like that sort of makes a statement that they want to start producing fish in excess of like 1.2 metres mm. then it, it but it's, you can't be a hobbyist and not sort of pay attention yeah. to that. But this this ties back into what you said initially about sort of demerits. I mean, technically, those who are on that topic, Black Zeus, I mean, my God, to some people, it's whole fish made of demerits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there's there's a regular scale alignment. There's different scale sizes. There's ginrin laid on Deutz scales. Yeah, Benny in amongst it. Yeah. Where'd you go? So it's all very very subject. The whole Kawari Mono, the rare unusual mm. market. You know, I don't think people who are like big go sankey nuts cannot get their head around it. But with that stuff, it then literally is an issue of supply and demand. Yeah. The rarity, of yeah, it, and you you have got to overlook some some criteria in these and just appreciate that what's been produced at that moment is a true probably once in a ten year yeah sure fish and it might not be perfect you know we've seen uh, Benny Kikakuri was from Aoki where yeah if that body was sat on a Kawaku or Sankey or whatever it is it's never going to get past yeah but they have a different body naturally anyway but you also probably then look at the fish. And go well, holy shit! That's just ticks so many boxes. I can forgive that that body's not a hundred percent. You know, it's it's eighty percent. But just look at what else has been achieved doing that. That's what happened with the the Benny Kiko at the IJKS winner when it won Grand Champion. That was that moment there. A fish of obscene value for what it was in all reality, but that is appreciating right there that that fish is a once in a decade or once every couple yeah, sure. of decades fish capable of doing that and yeah it was i do stand by the fact i believe it was slightly short-bodied so a fish that's never really going to grow mm. properly but who cares guys created an absolute masterpiece with shine pattern everything that's just of the highest order that's where the appreciation side comes yeah, in. yeah yeah and that was why that fish won appreciation for the fish and also what had been achieved by the breeder in producing that fish and how difficult it was it was all factors considered that's why i don't think that would have ever won a major award i say major award there's not a show really with that kind of size classification yeah, outside sure. of japan mm. but i think if we talk about the uk you're never seeing that happen because i don't think those other factors of appreciation are factored into that decision yeah sure it's more just uh you, you get your textbook out don't you and go well no yeah, it doesn't tick that box. Yeah, so. it's not Kwaku Sanki or Shola for a start. Uh, <laughs> we've all got our bugbears with, mm. with Koi. You know, there's all sort of like thing. I mean, one thing that winds me up massively is pectoral fins. Mm. For me, they're, they're when I'm selecting fish, they're a little bit non-negotiable because in my mind, mm. they have such an impression to the way the fish... Uh, imposes itself on you that 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 elegance mm -hmm. everything about it that's one area that i if i were selecting fish uh it'd be an area that i don't really want to compromise on but having said that if the rest of the fish had such qualities that it was just undeniable mm -hmm. i could look past that but what i'm getting at is a lot of hobbyists will look for the flaws yeah first don't get any further. which make it really difficult to find mm fish and the general discussion about this particular uh conversation was you know at what price should be you be expecting to get relatively okay. yeah flawless fish yeah, that's interesting which yeah, it was interesting to see the uh the comments mm. uh general census was at about a thousand pounds you should be getting fairly flawless fish wow which uh yeah uh, obviously, being on the other side of the fence, that's 
we both know that's not the case. It depends how you slightest. do it, but I can get if it depends. This is it's, this is why it's so subjective, though. It depends how you determine flawless. Mm, yeah, because if you mean a flawless, flawless technical pattern, doable. Yeah, it possibly is doable. Yeah, you're gonna lose in another area. Yeah, absolutely promise you, you will lose in another area. It's just not doable at that kind of price level. Yeah. Reality. It's a great budget. It's a great yeah, price yeah, to work at. Yeah. But somebody could find their perfection at forty quid. Yeah, sure. That's just how subjective this all and is. Relative it is, yeah. Yeah, and and so yeah. Don't get me wrong. If you're happy and you're happy to sacrifice, I don't know what it is you'd sacrifice. It could be that yeah, you're sacrificing the breeder and the genetics potentially. So you're buying from what would be deemed possibly an inferior breeder or bloodline that might not have the 80 90 centimeter potential but if you're not after that fantastic that again changes what you're going to get for your budget ultimately mm. talking in Karku for a minute again because it's just while we're on that topic i've got two up at the farm at the minute as you know the oyaji one absolute rocket and i've got dainichi one uh from this year's tow side yeah again, yeah see where you're going with this rocket. Yeah. Mm. now i seem to think that most people, I know it would be an odd choice to be fair, but the Oyaji one is uh, a year older and about the same size as the Denichi one, which is a year younger. So yeah. the Ginrin one's moving into Sanzai, uh, Denichi one moving into Nisai. They are both phenomenal. I mean, the is it Ginrin's about a five or six step marathon. I think yeah, the Oyaji one is. I'm saying this, how many people is the name Oyaji? the breeder registering yeah. with it's not yeah you know he's a bit of an unknown quantity i know he's got a famous his lineage for karaku was famous a long time ago yeah a yeah, long yeah. long time ago then where's it been since but what's his ginrin you know because that's you can add ginrin in but what's the genetic pull so ginrin fish are generally yeah not known for their growth and this has got a very nice body setup but i can tell it's not going to be a monster yeah sure I think it's absolutely dominated koi shows from looking at it. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's, that's it's a, it's a valuable fish. It's an mm, expensive fish. Yeah, However, yeah. we move to then the Dainichi one where you're probably saying to some people would probably think, well, no, it's the pattern on the Oyaji one I'm absolutely in love with because I'd yeah, say, yeah, 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 is it strong? It's very technical, isn't it? A lot stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superb. The Dainichi one, however, is, like I say, still extremely good in all areas. The pattern might not be to preference. It's got a little bit of Benny in one eye, which that right there is one of your demerits that's going to put yeah, somebody yeah, off, yeah. guaranteed. But that fish is top draw. His body, this is where the you see it, it then yeah. all of a sudden. Mm. His face, it's just got that full-on Dainichi face. His mouth's huge. It's got the cheeks forming already. It's got everything going. And we know Dainichi Ginrin Kuaku can grow mm. substantially better than that Oyaji one. And already, I mean, there's like a couple of grand price difference between the two. Already expensive, and that's the difference. Yeah, in just two fish. Yeah. But yeah, but looking at them two, it's very quick to see, you know, what's important to you. If you're talking about the price, do you consider a bit of a red in one eye demerit? Well, a lot of the Japanese don't. No. You see fish constantly. It's, don't get me wrong, there's certain ways in which i think it's less appealing you can get really full heavy yeah, red yeah, sure, eyes yeah. that you know if you've got one this is sort of merged into the benny over the eye and it's just got a small bit over 
completely for me takes nothing away from how epic that fish is but getting back to your point I guarantee you for some people they're gonna go got a red eye and be out of the game completely mm, yeah, yeah, yeah and that's at the sort of level where that fish is thousands and thousands of pounds do i add you one uh, yeah there's nothing i don't think there's anything to take away from that pattern is there from a technical perspective, it has got older maze, yeah. several steps, super nice keyword sound. It's just, yeah. it's just phenomenal. Maritans so well proportioned, mm. it's crazy. But I know that fish is going to not perform on the same growth level that that Dainichi one is. So that's going back to my point. There's your trade off. You're yeah. looking at yeah, that yeah, fish. Yeah. That mm. fish is epic. It ticks absolutely every box. It's still going to get to a nice size, but it's not going to push through. I think. 65 7 or even 60 could be a struggle for it 60 65 might be his absolute max over time it was something that i always found difficult uh when running running the shop back in the day where you try and be noble and be like honest with mm. customers i want this 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 and this what's your budget yeah, yeah. it can't uh, probably yeah. can't be done you have some loyal customers, as you know, and you mm. have some lots of loyal customers. But the trouble is, you tend to find that they'll get, they'll find the answer that they want to hear. Yeah. And then obviously, the long shot, long and short of it is, yes. after three years, that fish hasn't yeah. come to yeah. fruition. It gets moved on, and you're back to square one. The point I was trying to make with them too is, even at them price levels there's trade-offs yeah yeah there's yeah. compromises even at that point we've not gone beyond the point where there's not some sort of trade-off mm. you know and that's what again if you want to take your budget and go shopping so that thousand pound budget if you want to take that and go shopping at somebody like uh I'll just just stick on go sankey route because it's easier um hasigawa for example yeah, yeah, yeah. this gonna go so 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 much further then you're going around shopping at Dainichi. Mm. You take that thousand pound to Dainichi, and let's talk Nisai now. At Hasigar, I would fair say you will get female. You'll get very nice pattern. You'll get good Benny because it's what it does. They're not super growers, so you, you're already compromising on genetics yep. if that's important to you. Uh, but you'll get a fish that I believe probably ticks a lot of boxes, and you'll get a Nisai that's probably mid 40, 45 centimeter, something like that. You take that thousand pound to Dainichi. I mean, you might as well be looking at pond where fish have got three heads. Yeah, yeah. It's just going nowhere. And I've seen it time and time again. You can't do it. It's impossible to work with that kind of money there. Just impossible. You've got every trade off. You know, if you could make a fish work for that budget, you would probably get body because it's so standard with yeah, the yeah, Dainichi yeah. fish. But I guarantee you. Uh, if it's got a pattern of any sort, the colour will be falling off somewhere. Yeah, it won't be to any standard. It's not a yeah. fish with, with, with anything going for it. So, yeah, got to be smart with it. Got to be smart. Is there any uh, particular uh, trade-off that you, you you would not compromise on? Other than obvious like uh, deformities on the body, for example. Is there anything from a personal preference that you really don't like to see in fish? I would say in like Gosanki or Kwaku and yeah, Sanki yeah. in particular, odd Benny in the fin. Yeah. But I'm not talking in it's, when it's in the knuckle and the base, it's not really a problem yeah, you can because live with you that, don't yeah. catch it. But if you've got full straight out yeah, into yeah, a yeah. fin, I do struggle. And that to be honest with you, I think that's just a given. 
that kind of fish would struggle anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. never going to see an old Japan Koi show winning Koako or Sankey that's got a massive streak of any in one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it's not reality. Mm. That, unfortunately, that's a, a major one. But no, other than that, the red eyes, again, it depends on how they are. Some look gross. Some actually balance a fish up sometimes. I was well, thinking of like some asagi that we've had in the past mm. couple of years where they just have those little accents above the ice. I don't mind it with them. Mm. That's that's asagi. To be honest, you want to see it sometimes. It it's, adds again, to it's, it, it's yeah. relative to a variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what you've got to be careful with. But yeah, I, I just really, I think management of, of where you're at for your budget at any level. But it's like I say, it's subjective and you should never be, if you're happy with that fish you've paid 20 quid for, Fantastic! Yeah, happy days. I'm, 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 yeah, that's great. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. If yeah, if you get the the textbook out and start reading, it might not tick any of boxes. But mm. if you're happy with it, great. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I think it so. Just depends where yeah. you're at, but yeah, managing expectations uh, when you're at that a thousand pound and expecting perfection. I'd say if you think you've found it, there's a compromise somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I won't be told otherwise because that's just not real. Yeah. We see the sort of sums that yeah, those sure. kind of fish go for, and yeah, you might get lucky every now and again if you're dealing in mass numbers. I've seen it. I deal in mass numbers and get every now and again some truly top fish out of it that I'm paid a lot of money for. But I'm talking mass numbers, far between, tens yeah. of thousands mm. of fish a year, not ten or twenty fish a year. Yeah, yeah. So interesting i think uh yeah hopefully it's perked the ears of a few of our listeners and um yeah as always hopefully people gained a bit from it but yeah. cheers for your insight and um yeah we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one buddy yeah happy days take care